0: Are you the kind of gal who's not interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and join me as I interview and learn and get curious about other hairstylists I believe are living life on their own terms, defining what success means for them, and living lives in alignment with that. Let's dive in. Hey guys, so coming to you with a solo bonus episode. In the new year, I'm super excited to do a five part series with people that I think are going to help you kickstart 2022. Um, behind the chair, in your businesses, and in your life. People that I personally know that inspire me and kind of hit hit it from all sides. So that's what we have to look forward to in the coming weeks. But this week, I wanted, it's kind of been on my heart uh, as I'm in a season of grief, having lost my loyal companion, Capone, my shop dog, my right-hand man. Um, I've been just grieving. And I thought about this this post that I wrote um when was it September 27th 2020 so uh, a little over a year ago I had posted um this quote that I think I made up the answer to most things is to grieve and you know I feel like I've I've heard it echoed this year in the last few months just the amount of grief that everyone's feeling and different things people are going through. But I'm just going to read you guys what the caption was for that and then jump off with my experience, what I've been experiencing, and what I've learned from 15 years of being behind the chair and walking side by side, my clients as they grieve, um, all different things. So the quote, the caption for the quote is, You may be thinking, I've never heard that. Well, I hadn't either until recently when I felt like it was echoed everywhere I went. In therapy with my therapist, in a book I'm reading, and in woven through a lot of life these days, that's how I came up with this saying. Grief is usually not about what happened. It's more about what didn't happen. For me, the biggest issue with not grieving my losses is that it shows up as rage. You've heard me say I was a very sarcastic person, and that sarcasm is rage undercover. Well, ding, ding, ding. Once I spent the time to grieve the things that never were, I could suit up for the life that was meant for me. Chances are we are all grieving something this year, and in sitting with that, we can come to peace with the fact that we can't change anything about what has or hasn't happened. What we can do is start a new day with new hope, and a commitment to ourselves to show up as the best version possible. If you, oh, this is the part where I plug my course. We'll skip that. doesn't feel appropriate. Anyway, um, I I just, that was written a year ago, and I, I didn't know the season I'd be in today. And so much of what I said is, kind of made me almost choke up reading it, because, yeah, I think that, you know, in our lives, a lot of the stuff that comes out that we have stuffed down is anger and, you know, sarcasm and rage and all these things that really, if we get to the nut of it is the losses we have not allowed ourselves to grieve. And, you know, for me, grieving and being behind the chair it's the best and worst thing ever. So it's amazing because your clients do life with you. So they know they they're there for you, they're with you, they're in it. They get what you're going through because a lot of them really know you. And that's a beautiful thing. Um but it also makes it really hard because you know people you don't know as well, you can like have more of a game face with like the people that you struggle with that like want to be close to you, we all know the type. It's like, how's so-and-so? And you're like, they're good. They're good. Thank you. And you can keep it moving. But if someone knows you and they know your, your loves and they know your pains and they know your struggles and my clients do, I, I don't have the luxury of keeping it clean like that. And so It's very, what's the word, like cathartic. I don't know if I'm saying that word right. But to be in the salon and sharing uh, my losses and my sadness, but then I almost feel like hungover after work. And the next day, if I'm not working, I like need to take a nap when my baby takes a nap because it takes a lot out of us. And, you know, I think that, it's a beautiful thing to have a career where like you show up a lot as who you are, but I think and I think that's the gift in the grieving as a hairstylist uh for me. And I know it's different for everyone is I feel like some of the people that get it the most are my clients. And they're people that I don't know, I just feel like they know your heart and like I said, it's it's a gift. And I remember telling um, one of my friends who owns a salon, I said, yeah, it's like really hard. I don't want to like talk about it because he's sick. And they, and she said, I know it's really hard right now, but I think you're going to find that it's it's amazing because they're going to be able to show up for you. And yeah, I think it depends on the day. And grief is a funny thing because one moment, the thing that comfort you, you is the thing that makes you like so sad that you don't want to go on. And I think it's just giving yourself, uh, being compassionate with yourself around how you're feeling and how it changes and depends on who you're talking to. I've got this saying I made up of, if you bugged the shit out of me before I was grieving or my loss or whatever I'm going through, you're going to bug the shit out of me now. And if I found you, if I if I had a warm, good feeling towards you, I'm going to continue to have that regardless of really basically how you show up for me. So that's just something to know. That's just something to have in your back pocket. But I don't know, I guess I think that no matter what you're going through right now, there's an element of, you know, whether, whether it's a previous loss that you haven't given yourself permission to grieve or it's a loss that no one else you know, would maybe see as a loss but is in your world. Or just even with the pandemic, the losses of seeing people you care about. I think it's been hard on all of us. And I think for hairstylists in particular, it's, it's like, I know we're not considered frontline workers, but in so many ways, you're one of the only people that your clients have seen in the last two years face to face, you're one of the only senses of normalcy. Um, because like they don't go to the gym anymore. They don't go to the, and some people do, but primarily people have really changed how they do life. And, you know, then also on top of feeling your losses and your griefs, and you've got everyone else's and, I have a friend who said, you can really tell the people that have gone to therapy versus the people that haven't. And when I think back to before I was in therapy, like I would be more defensive or I would feel frustrated often. And I realize now that I had all these things like that I needed to say and all these feelings I needed to feel. And until I did that, it came out in other ways in, in a lack of patience in all these other little ways, these, it's like, you know, that whole thing of like, if you don't express what's happening and you bottle it up and you think it's just going to dissipate, it's like shaking up a pop or soda, whatever you call it. And just like taking the cap off, it explodes. And, um, I think that, you know, I've, One of my favorite things about getting the vantage point and the perspective that I I think so many of us have as hairstylists is just the the ability to learn from other people and their losses and how they hold their pain and how they process it. it can be such a teacher to us in our different seasons. And, you know, that's something that's so cool about what we do for a living is that, you know, like you see... You get to see all these people and all these people living life differently and handling life differently. And, you know, I have so many experiences where I'm like, just drawn to people because of how they handled what happened in their world. And it's crazy just to think about, you know, in a given day, you can have all these people coming in to see you and they all are going through such different things. And I remember when I used to double book, it's like, I'd be next to someone, there'd be someone sitting next to someone who was like, going like off about whatever. And the person next to them, I was like, if they knew this person's story, they would take it down a notch. Because it's just so funny. It's like, as a hairstylist, we get to see the perspective of like what someone's riled up about versus what else someone else is dealing with, and I don't know. I mean, one one thing that has stuck with me, you know, and like things different things stick with you as a hairstylist. It's like I remember one of my clients saying, "Like you never know when you're at the airport." Like I didn't know until I got the call that my dad passed away, and I had to get on an airplane and I had to fly home, and then they almost didn't give me a seat on the plane. I d- I never went to the airport after that and had the same attitude. I thought, oh my gosh, people are either going somewhere really exciting and they're excited about it, or they're on a business trip, or they're getting on a plane to go handle something really difficult and they're really struggling. And when I was in that position, I never looked at it the same. And that stuck with me, like so many other little things that I've taken with me uh in my last fifteen years. It's like, wow, I never thought about how some so often at the airport, you know that person who's being irritable, that person that's struggling or being you know short, you don't know what they're getting on a plane to go deal with to handle to and um yeah, I think you know that's just the perspective that you that you're that your pain can, can give you and the humility and the openness and the vulnerability with the right people, I think is something that my favorite people have, have used to continue living and they've taken it from their pain. It's like they found this treasure in their pain and they take it with them and I don't know i i I just think we have so many examples, and like they're not coming to me right now, but of just i don't know like i I had a client once that out of all my clients, I would have said like she's the most in love with her husband ever, and he like suddenly had a sudden heart attack and passed away, and I mean, just the i mean when she cried, it was like she was never gonna stop crying and I I I mean, it's, it's interesting the way life, what life hands different people, because it's like at that time, if I thought of all of my clients and I thought about like who had a love story, they were from Greece and they were so in love and they had a children they were about to finish raising. And I mean, the grief that this person carried, it was just palpable. And I don't know, I think it, taught me that specific instance, because they all teach you something different, was like, oh my gosh, like she treasured her life with this person and he's gone. And I don't think she would have done anything different. And like as sad as she is, that's how we should all be living. That's how I want to live. And yeah, like I take a little something from each of these people's stories and the gift that they give me and, and being so open or, you know, I had a client one time who was just crying, and the whole time I did her hair, and I was like, "No problem. Do you want to do what we usually do? Okay." And I, I said to her, just like, I didn't even I didn't even ask her what was wrong because you know when you can tell, like, it's not going to be a good day to get into it, and I thought maybe I she was engaged, older person you know, old-ish, like, interfi- I don't want to say that because then someone listening is going to be like, you think that's old? Brood. Um, but she was like, it, it was her second marriage. And I thought, oh, she's probably not getting married anymore. You know what I mean? We, our minds are like, what's the least <laughs> painful? But also I could see how someone would be upset. Okay. Well, she had cancer and she just was grieving. I don't know. I think so often grief is is what I was saying earlier. Like, The loss of the life you thought you were going to have, the the way the story was going to go. And that doesn't always mean losing someone. It can be just the story of the life you thought you were going to have. And I think no matter where you're at in your life right now, you can relate to that of how, you know, my life hasn't gone how I thought it would. Um, And there's been losses and there's been things that I feel like I've had to reconcile that I continue to work to reconcile and when I think about what's at the core of um of what needs to happen it's like continuing to grieve and shed the layers of the disappointment and the the grief and the sadness of what what will never be it's like they say um nostalgia is is remembering a time that that never really was and I think that I don't know I I feel like some of my grief is like I am missing things that were you know I liked things the way they were in my life with Capone and I think that's okay and I think the best thing that we can all do for ourselves is to just let ourselves feel what we feel. And I, I was telling one of my clients, like, I want to have a statue, like monument made of Capone. And I said, I don't know if the city will let me do it, but if they don't, don't be alarmed if there's like a tchotchke looking big black dog out front of the shop with like a metal, collar around it with a chain that is locked to the door or something. Things could get weird here. And I say it joking, but I'm also like a lot of grieving. I feel like is feeling like, I don't know, like like a little bit like a crazy person. I don't know. I just feel like I had anticipatory grief because I was anticipating a loss. And now that I've had the loss... I don't know. I just kind of feel like a little bit of a loose cannon in the best way possible. Kind of just like, I don't know, like, I guess one way to describe it would be like, kind of like a crazy cat lady. I don't want to offend any of the cat people, but, you know, just slightly off. And, you know, like I was saying, like, I go into a dentist appointment on the wrong day and I'm like, here for my appointment, just stuff like that. And I kind of just laugh about it. And that's one of the things I think about uh, the humility that grief has given me. It's like, I really don't sweat the same stuff. Like even my husband called today and was like, hey, your window won't go up in your car. Uh, I'm like, okay. And he's like, so like if I leave the car, I'm like, yeah, I mean, just park it, you know? I think it'll be fine. He's like, okay, well, the only valuable thing is the car seat. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I think that that is, you know, the the lack of uh, giving a fuck is kind of something I hope I hold on to. Because I'm someone that in the past, I feel like I kind of sweat small stuff. Like I'll, I will, I'll i will just be like, oh, it's so annoying. Like that door has a scratch on it. <laughs> just stupid stuff. And it's uh, kind of just to distract myself from the moment. I kind of perseverate over just kind of monotonous, stupid stuff. And I'm like, that's not going to work. And it's like, Two years later, it's exactly the same way as it was, and it's working fine. It's just me being nitpicky, but I think that it's kind of cool to to take, you know, what comes out of grief and in the midst of it is, you kind of just lose a little bit of your filter in the best way possible. I don't know. I think that's just how I'm looking at it. I don't talk to any of the people that have had to interface with me they might have a different experience but from where I'm sitting from my vantage point I'm good with it you know and uh, yeah I think just realizing like um, I I was saying to a friend who is dealing with anticipatory grief right now and the grief of of an ill parent and I was saying uh, previous to losing Capone like I think it's like learning to live with a sadness and I think that like people say, time heals all like, yeah, I can appreciate that sentiment, but at the same time, I think it is just learning to live with the the beautiful and the brutal part of life. And I think that it, these like having a loss and grieving it's, you carry a sadness with you, but at the same time, two things can be happening at once. I love this idea of like, there can be sadness and sorrow, but there can also be joy. And I feel like I'm letting myself enjoy the joyful moments. And I think that that's all we can do is appreciate when life is good and appreciate the moments that we have and to to be okay with, with these the duality of life and I think that I don't know it's just uh it's just not something we're taught to do and it's not something I think many of us have had experiences with where it's okay for how we're feeling and what's coming up it's I think you'll notice like as a society we don't really know how to show up for people in grief and again, if you bugged the shit out of me before, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just, you should have found a way to get in with me before this happened or before my big loss. But you know, this, this idea of like, you know, when I had a client whose daughter had cancer, you know, that's grief. I mean, her daughter is now fine. But at the same time, like when I met this person, they were, they were grieving and scared and all these things. And I remember saying to her, like, are you just kind of feeling like a little bit like a cage zoo animal? And she said, oh my God, yes. And I think that's the other thing in our grief that um, people don't really uh, prepare you for. It's just like feeling like there's an elephant in the room and people don't know how to approach you and feeling like there's a lot that people want to say to you, but they don't know how. And yeah, I think it's, it involves feeling a little bit like a zoo animal. I, I think that it's, there's no way around it, but I think that at the same time, I always say this person made me uncomfortable. If someone makes me uncomfortable, I don't, it's not my responsibility to take the weird out of the room. People say weird stuff. They can hold that. They said it. And I don't know, going into the holidays, going into being behind the chair these next three weeks, I would just say it's okay if, if you're having a hard time, it's okay if you're grieving the business you thought you'd have, the family you thought you had would have, um, and just grieving the story that is your life right now. And I think, you know, for me, it's, it's helped me to appreciate all the good in my life. And I I say a lot now, like when I, when I get really sad that like, I was lucky. I was one of the lucky ones. Like I got to have a friend that some people will never know what it's like to have a friend like I had in my, in my Capone. And I think that it's okay. It's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster of like, we were the lucky ones, rock bottom. This is not fair. And then back up again. And uh, I think that's the nature of grief. And I'm not an expert on it, but that is what I know. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. And I'm excited to come back in the new year. Charged up and ready to share the people that I think will help you have the best 2022 you can have. And I think that we all need 2022. And I think we all need the five guests that I'm going to have on. So please tune in. um, Starting the first Monday in January, I will be back. I hope you have a wave making day, a wave making holiday season. And I'm thinking of you always. That was kind of cheesy, but good day.